0: So we've uh, come together to create goodness. So both merit and kusala, skillfulness, which are things that uh, display themselves and the happiness that we feel in the heart. So we can say that this merit is like meat and we need something there to cure that meat so it stays for a long time. And uh, we use salt for that. So it doesn't uh, decay, but it remains edible for a long time. So this kusala, skillfulness or intelligence, is like that salt. So we see that uh, when we do good deeds, when we're generous, when we are virtuous, then our minds are happy as a result. And then there's also the uh merit that we gain from training our hearts, from bhavana. And so we can look through our lives, and through each day, at the thoughts that we think during the day, the narrative that goes on in our heads, and ask ourselves which is more, the good things or the bad things, the meritorious or the demeritorious thoughts. So there are 24 hours in a day if we don't uh, include the sleep that we have, Uh, but if we just take our waking hours, then it's 16 or 17, It's the time that we have from when we get up in the morning to when we go to bed. And so what are the thoughts that go on in our heads during that day, during that time, and which is more, the good things or the bad things? So if we don't train our minds, then it's natural that they'll go and think about many, many things, all kinds of things, go off bringing up memories about the past, speculations about the future. There'll be this constant inner narrative as to the things that we like and the things that we're averse to. So if there's this liking that usually uh, inspires the mind to think uh, thoughts about lust or about sensuality. And if there's disliking, then that propels the mind towards thoughts of hate or ill will. So usually um, these unskillful thoughts, they make us think in a bad way, in a negative way rather than in a positive light. And when our minds think in this way, then they become darker, and they build up this habit of inner darkness. And that's how we've been thinking for a long time, for many lifetimes, countless lifetimes now, uh, because that's just the nature of a heart that's stuck in samsara and especially in this level that we are in, uh, the karma loka, this realm of sensuality. And so our minds get stuck on these sense objects, on the sights that we see, on the things we hear, um, the odors, the tastes, the tactile sensations. And then they're always responding to that uh, through either liking or disliking. But both of these reactions cause the mind to become sad and gloomy. So those people who experience some degree of purity internally are very few. But when we do create goodness, then our hearts feel at ease for some amount of time, but it's usually a short period of time. And then they go off back into their habits, spinning stories, thinking about things and doing this without stop, preventing the mind from experiencing any peace. It's just in a chaos. So normally uh, people who are Buddhist, they only make merit on important days. And so the significant days in the Buddhist religion uh, Visaka, for example, and maybe on their birthday and on new year, and they live their lives like this, just going to the monastery uh, just on these occasions. But those people who have more faith than this, uh, they may come to the monastery and make merit once a month, and for those who have an even greater level of faith than maybe every Sunday or Any day, a week, once a week, they come. But for those people who are very intelligent, who have a higher degree of faith, they'll make merit on a daily basis. And perhaps monks pass in front of their house on alms round and they offer uh, food to those monks every day. Maybe before they hadn't done this, but then they start doing it and it becomes a habit for them. They get up early in the morning to prepare the food, or maybe they even prepare it the night beforehand. And then in the morning they get up and uh, they offer it to the monks. So when we do meritorious deeds regularly, uh, the heart becomes happy. And this inner happiness is heaven. So the benefits of generosity, of morality, um, of keeping uh, these precepts of uh, making merit on a regular basis, are great. And so with our sila, we can keep the five precepts on a regular basis, and then perhaps on days off, we can keep the eight precepts, or maybe even the ten precepts. And for the monks, we have the 227 precepts. And then when we do this frequently, we see the benefits of both generosity and of virtue. That our hearts feel contented at ease, they feel inner joy, but this happiness of heart it 's also inconstant it doesn 't stay, but it deteriorates and breaks apart, and the feeling of inner contentment is uh, eventually leaves our hearts, so therefore we need to recollect the goodness that we've done, and also to bring our minds to the virtuous qualities, the great qualities of the Buddha, the Dhamma, Sangha, and keep this as the object of our attention and awareness, to recollect the good things we've done, all of the good acts and deeds, the good kamma. So this is jaganusati, the recollection of our sacrifices, of generosity, and as the object of this recollection. But it may be the case that when we recall these things, our minds don't feel much peace. They don't feel the same joy as when we had done these acts initially. That when we had done these good things, there was a sense of inner peace and ease. But When we recollect that, it doesn't really come up. And so what that shows is that our hearts haven't Reached, they're not able to reach that goodness. So we need to try to come back to build up even more goodness. As we do this, we experience inner fullness. We experience heaven, heaven in the heart. Initially, we may see birth in the heaven realm as being something very far away. Uh, But when we train ourselves like this, then we see that our minds can reach heaven. It's also the case for them to be quite far away. If we have a lot of thinking, and thinking that goes towards love and hate, towards ill will, and, and thinking that makes us stressed, uh, then we can be very far away from heaven. So that, what that means is that our minds are far away. But if we are sincere to build up goodness, then in the end uh, we'll feel like heaven is very close to our hearts because the mind is is very joyful and we give rise to this joyful mind frequently. And then this recollection of the good deeds that we've done becomes easier. It's easier for the mind to uh, get into a bright and radiant state for this rapture to come up. And the mind feels very full at that point, to the level that we don't want to eat anything. But we still do give our bodies food, but just so that they are able to survive. But the mind doesn't really have any craving for this food. And there aren't keylaces uh, towards it. We just eat for this body to be able to live on. Because the mind, it has its own food, this food of heaven. So perhaps we've read that in heaven no one feels any pains of hunger. Um, They are filled up with this celestial fullness. And uh, when our minds are filled with joy, it's the same state. Um, It really feels like they are filled up and that we don't want to eat but we give our bodies food so that they can survive. So when we recollect the good things that we've done, then this gives rise to merit and this is the merit of bhavana, of meditation, the merit that we get from recollecting the merit that we've done. So when the mind does feel full with joy, then this will just happen by itself. The mind will want to go back to this recollection all by itself. It will try to think about the good things we have done very often. And there's this inner contentment, a feeling of joyfulness. And the mind uh, can easily uh, stay on these objects um, all by itself. So we may just be sitting by ourselves and be smiling, just to ourselves. And just like the opposite is true, when people are stressed, they can just be sitting there stressed out by themselves. So when the mind is full, and then we just feel all contented and happy by ourselves, that there's this peace that comes up. And so the peace that we feel is the place of refuge, or the place that our minds can rely upon, it's our internal home. It's just like we have an external home that we use for shelter from heat, or if we're feeling very tired, then it becomes a place of rest, and we feel at ease. And so too, if the mind is all stirred up, if it's thinking about uh, different things, then we can recollect the goodness that we have done, and it feels at ease, it comes to this in a home of peace, uh, fullness and joy of heart. And so these are the benefits of dana, generosity, sila, virtue, and bhavana, the meditation. And there's also the merit of straightening out our views, the merit of listening to the Dhamma, of giving Dhamma, and of helping others out. When we do these things, then we feel this inner joy, the joy that comes from this goodness and from the skillful deeds that we've done. Because it's the nature of the untrained mind to be very jealous and be competitive, for there to be a lot of ego and conceit. But when we train the mind, then it starts becoming more humble. It competes less. There's less conceit. We can find joy in the good deeds of other people. And uh, little by little that joy will start to fill up our hearts. And so we train ourselves like this. We train ourselves to let go of unskillful qualities. The bad thoughts that our minds habitually think, we let go of them. And as we train, those thoughts start becoming better. And we carry on Uh, Doing this, our actions, perhaps initially we had bad actions, but they become better. Our speech wasn't so good, but it becomes more skillful speech. The thoughts that we think uh, initially may have been bad thoughts, but as we meditate, train our minds, then they turn into good thoughts. We're able to abandon those unskillful thoughts and not allow them to arise. And instead, we give rise to peace and we look after and nourish that peace. So these they are all acts of right effort. And so the mind that initially was quite dirty becomes white and pure. Because uh, before that um, the minds of most beings are all just controlled by the kilesas; They have these defilements overpowering them. But really there's no self there. There's or it's not self, um, it's not a being, it's not me, it's not mine. But it's just our minds give rise to these things, and all these feelings of love and hate and uh, stress, jealousy, um, these all come from the kilesa, but they are not self. And there's no. They don't have a permanent or abiding self in them. But if we think in terms of self, then there will also be conceit that comes up. And we won't see the truth of anatta, of not-self, there. And this is why we need to train our minds, to get them to see. When we see this truth, then we'll feel the joy that comes from that. And so our minds gain knowledge through this. And there's a peace and a stillness that ensues. And we gain an understanding of this anicca, dukkha anatta, it means that we've seen into the Dhamma. And the joyfulness that we feel internally uh, becomes even greater. And it rises up, this level of joy, it becomes even stronger and stronger. The peace that we feel becomes greater. And this shows us that we're very close to seeing into the full noble truths, and are very close to seeing clearly the nature of anicca, dukkha, anatta. But this depends upon the peace that we have in our hearts. We do need this peace first. And so this practice, uh, we try to do it continuously. And so the practice of generosity, we do this often. The practice of virtue, we're intent and sincere in it. And meditation, we try to cultivate it a lot. If the mind is very agitated, thinking about many things, then we chant a lot, carry on going through the chanting. Um, But if or when those thoughts start to reduce, then we can also reduce the chanting that we do and maybe just stay with the word Buddha or Dhammo or Sangha, and this is enough for the mind to feel peace. And eventually all we have to do is just recollect the Buddha, just maybe say the word Nammo Tassa, we just recite the single word buddha, and we already feel very peaceful, we already feel joyful. And so the benefits of keeping this mantra in mind is like this. So we try to raise up merit and do this often, and this will allow the mind to gather together into samadhi, and the restlessness that we have internally will reduce. By so being close to wise teachers, is very important because they are able to recommend and guide us along the path of practice. And in response, we put our efforts into the practice and use our walking on this path as our means of paying homage to these teachers. As we do this, our minds will meet with peace, and in the end, we will gain an understanding of the Dhamma. This under the same that comes from inner, calm. We can see that now we have life, we're alive, but this life is not sure, and just as most of this day has passed by already, it's already evening, um, life and time passes by very quickly, and we don't know whether tomorrow is going to exist for us, whether to actually make it to tomorrow, that we have woken up and got up this morning, but we don't know whether that's going to happen again. And so we see this, right? We know this for ourselves, that we have friends, we have relatives, we have uh, people that we're close to, or maybe teachers that we respect, and they were born and they've already passed away. And one day this will come to us as well. So we need to prepare ourselves because dukkha, stress, suffering, it's waiting right in front of us. So we need to get ourselves ready to not be heedless, to not be deluded or heedless in the life that we have or in the age that we are because both of these are not sure. And some people have very strong bodies but they're the first ones to die. So we don't know when it's going to come to us. We have this breath with us now, and so we should contemplate this breath and see that when the breath leaves us, then the body will deteriorate and decay. And so, is that really me? Is it really mine? And when people die, they all become the same thing. It's just a corpse that's lying upon a funeral pyre or that gets put into an oven and they get burnt just the same. So externally there may be some differences, but really internally we're all the same. But when there's no breath, the body dies. And that happens to everyone. There's no difference there. And so when there's no breath and there's no internal movement, and we need this movement to survive, that the breath... uh, It comes into the lungs and then it gets sent around the body. It sends this oxygen uh, through the bloodstream. It's able to clean out the blood. And so the heart pumps this blood all around the body and sends both the blood and the oxygen to feed the organs. And this allows the body to survive. It allows the four elements of earth, water, fire, and air to be able to come together and work together allows the cells to be able to live. And so if more cells die than what are created, then this creates an internal imbalance and sickness. Or we can say is sickness of the deterioration of the cells. And in this case, uh, the body just can't survive much longer. So we do need to contemplate uh, this nature of life, that it is something inconstant, it's not uh, dependable, not trustworthy, it's not sure. We shouldn't think that right now we're strong and healthy uh, because we don't know when we're going to die. We don't know when that's going to come to us. But what we do know is that right now we have life and we have this opportunity to create goodness. We have an opportunity to meditate, and this can bring our hearts to heaven, or we gain this inner joy, this inner fullness, that comes from the merit and the skillful deeds that we've done. So we should try to practice, put our efforts into training our hearts, to not be heedless in the life that we have, in the youth that we have. But when we train ourselves, when we are able to keep our minds with the meditation word, then they uh, become very, They become one with this word. And uh, the mind in that state is in heaven. There's a brightness, a radiance in the heart, and the darkness that was once there is relieved. And so we gain this brightness uh, from seeing truth as well. And it's an even greater level of radiance than what we'd experienced before, the radiance of peace. This is the brightness that comes from vipassana, from clear seeing, from the arising of wisdom. So may all of you put your efforts into this training, into this practice.